you are the podcast master. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Matt here, hanging out, getting ready to leave Music City, USA. It has been a road trip for the ages. I left beautiful Delaware, Oklahoma, and I went to Houston, Texas for last week's uh, Houston PBR event. I left Houston, stopped by Altus, Oklahoma for um, a quick little drive-by, a couple of days, and then left Altus, Oklahoma, drove here to Nashville, Tennessee, got to hang out with some uh, really good friends here in Nashville. Actually, got to hang out with my buddy Mo Bandy at the Grand Ole Opry. Mo took us backstage and got uh, Got to not only hang out with Mo, got to stand on the stage during the Opry and actually, you know, enjoy the show. But Mo introduced me to Tanya Tucker. Myself, Richard Jones, Chad Berger, all hanging out back there. Got to meet Tanya Tucker. What a freaking hoot it was to uh, to get to meet that lady and hang out with her. Speaking of hoot, uh, got to hang out with Hillbilly Jim this weekend. Haven't got to see Hillbilly in, uh, uh, I guess it's been over a year. I mean, that guy survived a really big, I think there was maybe six bypasses that he had uh, here not too terribly long ago, but he's feeling healthy. WWE Hall of Famer Hillbilly Jim hanging out at the PBR this weekend. Speaking of PBR, I got to work the ride pass desk with the Ironman, J.W. Hart, the three-time PBR world champ, Adriano Marias. So, I mean, it was just a... Uh, an all-in-all awesome, awesome weekend. I got to be around some really great people. And, um, man, we're closing in on the PBR Finals in Vegas. Hard to believe there's only six events left before we crown a PBR World Champion. Congratulations to Marco Gucci, who wins here in Nashville. Um, Big weekend, really big weekend for a lot of guys and not such a great weekend for some others but that being said if you're not already watching the pbr i encourage you to download the ride pass app and check it out that's where i will be every single week for the rest of the year getting ready to head to um anaheim california is going to be next so going to get out around la hang out there so if anybody knows joe rogan i'd love to have him on the podcast if anybody has any ideas around los angeles of podcasts or I mean, I think we've kind of got the gym thing narrowed down where I'm going to work out when I get to L.A. Of course, I'm going to Gold's Venice, but if you're around L.A., uh, hit me up. Going to be there for a few extra days, so would love to hang out. Hey, i got to send a shout-out to my buddy Kyle, who I know is listening right now. Kyle brought me uh, the coolest gift ever. It is a Rocky Three action figure. That's right. It's the one, the only Thunder Lips, as played by Hulk Hogan. So I've got a a brand new Thunder Lips Hulk Hogan action figure, which is badass. In case you were wondering, uh, I'm sure it's out there on my social media already. But a uh, big shout out to Kyle for doing that. Man, so so stinking cool that you know there's people listening, there's people that care, and there there's people that are are doing things like this. Uh, speaking of people listening to the podcast. Shout out to everybody that keeps tagging me in all of those shopping cart videos and pictures. Hilarious. You guys are are killing it out there. And uh, But here's the one thing I'm going to challenge you to do. If you see one of those stupid shopping carts sitting in the middle of a parking lot because some lazy bastard didn't want to put it up, just put it up. Take it inside, whatever. You're going that direction anyway. So, um, uh, But it is funny when you guys tag me and... and you know, post those videos, whatever. 
Uh, if you're if you're listening, give us a review. Subscribe to the podcast. That way, you make sure you can automatically have it safely downloaded into your listening device right away without even having to go hit a button. That's all you got to do is hit the subscribe button one time, and it will take care of the rest. Well, this week. I get to hang out with a really good friend of mine, Keith Ryan Cartwright. Many of you all remember KRC as the uh, sports writer for the PBR for quite some time back in the, I think, I think it was around 2008. He kind of started popping up on the scene here, the PBR, and uh, a really interesting story about all of that because I, I couldn't remember someone in that position before KRC. So uh, he reminds me that he was the first to to actually be in that position. So really, really incredible guy, uh, not just a, a writer for the PBR, but this is a guy that is an author. He is um, he's an educator. He teaches a course there at Middle Tennessee State in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, lives in Nashville now. So um, getting to spend quite a bit of time doing some other work. He, he has... So incredibly interesting, so incredibly intelligent. Um, I just cannot say enough great things about KRC because he he really is. He's one of my favorite people, and I'm really really glad we got to sit down and have a chance to catch up and uh, you know just kind of ramble on in this podcast for a little while. And that's that's what it is. It's a couple of guys that just start in and uh, you know start a little conversation, start rambling, having some fun with it. But I do want to have him back on the podcast and we talk about it. I, I want to dive more into his story uh, of all of the crazy things that he has been a part of. And, you know, it, it sucks because sometimes you turn the recording device off and then that's when the real stories start to be, uh, start to fly around the room. And man, I tell you what, KRC told some great stories once we shut the recorder off, but I took notes and I'm definitely going to have him on the podcast again. Next time I roll through Nashville or next time he and I can catch up, we're going to sit down and do another episode. Um, I know you people are clamoring for more Cousin Sammy, and I think he might be making his podcast return very, very soon. Um, shout out to all of you that have been following him on Instagram. Big shout out to everybody that's following me on social media. If you're not already, do it right now. All you got to do is find me at Matt L. West. That's Matt L. West on all forms of social media. Hope you guys are having a great week. Hope you guys have had just an amazing year. I know I certainly have, and it's only going to get better. So put your damn shopping carts up. Get ready to enjoy this conversation. Let me know what you think. Hit me up on the social media and tell me what you think about this conversation with my buddy, Keith Ryan Cartwright. Okay. So anyways, we're talking about like storytelling and like we do research a little different than a lot of people do. Um, and you were just telling me that you actually, you started and I said, stop, stop, stop. You gotta, we gotta record this. So you tell your kids, uh, it's a feature writing class. When I teach feature writing, I spend the first third of the semester. We, we only study interviewing conversation mm-hmm. um and 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 as i was telling you if you're a news reporter and you you go you go out on a accident or a fire or something happens and you're brand new it's the first time you ever go out there and you you know you get out there uh at that and you kind of spit the bit and kind of choke and you don't end up 
interviewing anybody and you get back to the office you're like oh my god i'd never been at the scene before and everybody seemed like they were doing this and that and i didn't want to get in the way and then the next thing you know everyone was gone and i i I hadn't gotten anything there's always a police report so you can, you have a story you can write. You've got but a leg to stand on. You got you a, can yeah, go back there you go. Find, a leg, find a way to keep moving. A total leg to stand on. When you're writing a feature story or a profile, it is dependent on the interview you do with the person or persons that you are writing about. You have to be able to have a conversation with them. And so I spend the first third of the um, semester on that because without that you don't have anything to write so it's, it's really really important for people to understand how important that is right and so on day one when we're, when i'm introducing the class and talking to the students um rather than ask you know how many of you are journalism majors how many of you blah 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 you know all those kinds of questions i just i asked my first question is how many people are curious Right. And there's always a few hands that go up, but there's always a few people that look like, what do you mean? Kind of like, taken back by it. Yeah. yeah. Like, are you curious with the world you look out at? Do you see shit and wonder? Do you see people and wonder? Do you hear that somebody, you're an announcer for Ride Pass? Right. Man, if, if I know what you do, but that right. person in my class, do you, aren't you, do you have a curiosity in what is that? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Right. What do you do? What's the extent of your job? Like, are you curious with the shit around you? Mm-hmm. If you're not, why are you writing? Yeah. You know, and so that's how, you know, for me, um, my interest has always been my curiosity. You know, uh, when I came to the PBR in January of 2008, you and everyone else knows it wasn't my background. I didn't know. Right. I didn't know rodeo. I didn't. I didn't really know bull riding. I mean, I had been to a PBR event. I had been to a rodeo. Um, I knew the Steiner family. I knew their history. You know, I knew. You know, Bobby Steiner, Sid Steiner, and, and knew Tommy Shane. Right. You Obviously, knew pieces. You knew with, pieces. Yeah, I knew all of that. But I wasn't. I didn't know the intimate. The the. Um, sport of the roadie i just right. knew two people yeah two people and, out of thousand and, we might have to do this we might have to yeah i don't know yeah um you want me to lift this up yeah that's good that's good i just i, I don't want to i don't want to lose any of this because yeah like I, i've been looking forward to this for a long time yeah and and so like i was saying i knew people and knowing and it was knowing what little i knew of them mm-hmm. and how intriguing that family was that uh, when the job came, uh, when I heard about it, and it was, became this possibility, like, do I want to do this? Right. Um, hell yeah. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Because I figured if if they were part, there got to be more of those. Yeah. There's got to be characters like that, you know? Um, and that's, that's what I, like, man, that family's rich history and what five six generations of texas cowboys and like there's a curiosity i had in that and that's all i brought to the pbr when i came in january of 2008 and i i knew i'll talk to people long enough that they keep telling me the bull riding bullshit enough that i'll just they're gonna say it enough and i'm just gonna write it down word for word and 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 intersperse that stuff 
into my profiles of people mm-hmm. with the bull riding and rodeo lingo. I just took it verbatim what like people were saying, but I didn't put quotes on it. Yeah. And so then everyone was like, "Oh yeah, teen, like, dude, I didn't even in the well. Like, what the fuck is in the well? Oh, can I? I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that, I'm just going to like how basic of shit. I didn't know, right? You know, and um, but I, I just I liked um, I liked people, you know, and yeah. and at that time, JB was. I mean, he was in early in his career, and he was this bubblegum chewing. He was kind of a punk, yeah. You know, he had just kind of he had just kind of like emerged out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. And me, even like some people would grow frustrated with that. I, I loved it. Right. I saw it as a challenge. Like this guy doesn't know it, but he's going to be my friend. Yeah. And I took that as a, a challenge of of I'll figure the I'll figure this this bull riding stuff out. It can't be all that complicated. And um, but, well, but the, that guy is going to be my buddy. The sport is is the same, no matter what level it is. the The basic foundation of the sport is exactly the same in the amateur ranks as it is in the velocity tour as it is in the Unleash the Beast, and it's man versus beast. You hold on for eight seconds, and you try to be as close to perfect as you can, mm-hmm. period. But you look at everything you do the same way I do as far as my storytelling, and that is every single one of these guys is a character, and there's so much more to it than he's ridden four in a row or he's bucked off ten in a row. Like that shit, yeah, it's important to the storyline and the scenario of the season, but I look at a much broader spectrum because – you look at a guy like Chase Outlaw, Chase Outlaw is going to be around more than just this season. You know, mm-hmm. um, you look at a guy like JB, JB is going to be around more than just that first year he comes on the scene. And like, my thing is, guys get mad at me because I don't take a lot of notes. Well, I tell stories based off of the knowledge I've accumulated just by hanging out. Okay. Like, I'm always yeah. working. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's about people. You're about people, right? That's right. So you got to, yeah. you, ha- they're, the computer screen in front of you already provides you more number. Like yep. if you just spewed yep. out all those numbers, no one's going to listen. Nobody gives so a shit. Already giving you more more numbers than you need. Yeah. Right. You yep. need to know who the human people are. You need for people to connect and and be like, you know what? I'm more like this person than I thought I was. Mm-hmm. And 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 as far as the like anyone who says, oh, the, the, Matt doesn't have all these notes in front of him. Well, so let me ask you. You or anyone else, when you get a circle of friends and you go to the bar and you're right. hanging out and you yep. meet somebody, you don't you don't go hold on. Hey, I got to get my notebook again? out. I gotta write it down. Yeah. yeah. Oh, let me let me refresh my memory. What did because I write in my notes the last time we had? A I'm a firm believer that everything in life is built on a foundation of relationships. Like I, I really I think that step one is is respect, and I think very closely after that it's relationships because everything. We, if you call somebody and you're trying to do an interview. Uh, if you have already done an interview and, and that publicist, whoever you're trying to work with has worked with somebody else and, and they're like, yeah, I know this guy, you know, I, I've, I've worked with him several different times, got a good relationship. That relationship is what opens the doors to opportunity. Yeah. 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 And, and there's a lot of people in the world that don't understand that shit. 
Right. Well, and you're right. Like going along the lines of what you said. So in 2008, when I um, when I first came, so so uh, in the office, I didn't I didn't travel right away. You know, I didn't I didn't travel to the events right away, and um, and so I paid it. I watched every broadcast the first part of that season over and over and over multiple times because. I instinctively knew this guy, Craig Hummer. Yeah. That's not a cowboy. Right. <laughs> He's not from a ranch. So how what does he do? So I would listen to him mm-hmm. and I would I can't, I didn't get to see him at events interacting with people. It was right. just the on air or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and so I was like, I need to I need to call that and I called him up. He I'd never been to an event, much less met him. Right. And I got his phone number and I called him up. And and I told him what I was doing, and he's a little apprehensive, right? You know? Eventually, said, "Man, it's cool that you called," but he was still a little like weirded out, like somebody from Pueblo's calling him, right? Yeah, and um, and I again, like I did, which when he I, would have been relatively new, not ish, no? no. I feel like he would have been, been only, around longer than people think. Yeah, I, and he and I've had was, this conversation before. I think he was four or five years in by okay. that point. Well, to me, three, that was four, still five new. years is still yeah, relatively but if, new. He, he was tipping into the gotcha. Yeah, had a good hold. like he had been there a minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I just I just befriended him, and then finally I started going to events. It wasn't that I didn't want to go. It was when yeah. I got hired, the Budgets. job didn't exist. Well, the job didn't exist. They knew they wanted to hire a writer, somebody. I not even they, somebody because it's before me. I don't know. Right. Somebody said. We need to have a writer. We have a website. But then no one knew what, what it fucking meant to have a writer. Like, what does yeah. that mean? What's the capability? What do, they, what do they need in order to do their job? What's the – because if you remember, in 2008, the website could be static. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only thing that might go up one week is a press release and the stats. Right. And back then there wasn't There this, wasn't the stats that we have now. No, and they weren't they weren't immediate either, right. you know. So I I wanted to ask you because I was thinking about this yesterday after you and I just talked in the hallway. I don't remember anybody doing anything even remotely close to what you did in in PBR before you. So there, there wasn't, wasn't, there wasn't, it wasn't wasn't, there. It didn't exist. Okay. The job didn't, the job didn't. So you were the first, uh, quote unquote sports writer for the PBR. Yeah. I, 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 in all fairness, in the very early days, I believe Kendra Santos wrote, but not officially. But but full time. But not, not full time. Just for the PBR. No, no. You'd have been the first. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Because I was trying to, I was trying to rack my brain. I was like, I did my first PBR in January of 2007, and granted, it was one in, and then I'd, I'd kind of see the guys here and there, but I did yeah. one, and then I didn't do my next Built Ford Tough at the time till 2009. But I did a lot of touring pros. I was around a lot. I did all the yeah. international events, and I couldn't remember anybody like before you. I, no, there was, and I was a fan, so you know, I wasn't integrated but i was around yeah yeah and so no i uh and again like i said i didn't even get to travel right away because right. they didn't know i needed to travel right. and um so it was a little bit of an evol- evolution so that's why it's really funny and kind of one of the ways in which i began to i began to um 
really get into it was around the office, and I've said this before, um, uh, I would hear these stories about Cody Lambert. (laughs) Rough, little cantankerous, blah, blah, blah. And I'd never met him or spoke to him or any of that, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, But I would watch these events on TV. And back then, he wasn't interviewed. He, won, he wasn't part of stuff like he is now. Right. But you would see him there, and they would, they would reference him as the livestock director. And so I remember saying to, to, to uh, my, my boss at the time, and I remember saying, man, I got a story idea. Um, I'm going to... It's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call up and I'm going to interview Cody Lambert. Oh, no, 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 no. No, don't do it. <laughs> don't put the target on your back. I was like, what? And he goes, I, at this moment, I don't know if he even knows you exist. And I said, man, that's not a good idea. And, uh, and he goes, no, no, no. Once you do that, he's going he's gonna to start analyzing what you're doing. And if he finds fault with it, I, whoa, what's there to find fault with what I do? Right. My early right. stories, man, the first six months, they were pretty bad. Because <laughs> um, you know what I've been around since 2007. Some of my announcing jobs are still pretty bad. Yeah, um, I'm not Yan. Yeah, I know. I'm Yan. Mine. Um, <laughs> so I said, no, no. I'm telling you, I'm going to call him because I, I wouldn't do it. And I said, let me tell you something. You don't know if he knows I'm working here or not. Mm-hmm. What I gather is. Uh, he and this Ty Murray guy are pretty well versed with Randy Bernard. What happens? Everything that's happening. Everything. They 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 got to know a writer was hired. And I said, so Cody Lambert's got to think one of two things about me, and it's going to change after this afternoon. And he said, man, what do you mean he's got to think one of two things? That's pretty bold of you to think he's got to have an opinion of you. I think he doesn't even know. I said, I'm pretty sure he knows that a writer was hired. And he either, because I've never spoken to him, he either thinks I'm too stupid to know that I should talk to him, or he thinks I'm a pussy. Yeah, one or the other. And I said, back then, that was the thing. Like People were terrified of him. I I mean... People still are terrified of Cody. Uh, oh, not gosh. as bad. No, no, he's and, and he's it's like so an, funny because he's like my uncle. He, I, isn't he? Isn't he amazing? Like I, I really oh, do. He's one of my favorite human beings ever. But there is this perception of Cody Lambert that he's just a grumpy asshole. Ah, oh, I don't want to. He. I, I, I said that. I said that. Asshole bark of grump. Yeah, grumpy no. and cantanker. There's, there's a it. perception out there among people that he is just not a pleasant human being. Well, but And I'll be, I'll be the first to say that he, uh, he doesn't mind picking on people if, if you're weak. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but he wants to bring that out of people. And, well, I'm going to break the perception. Mm-hmm. So one, I think people now already know from pictures and stuff that are right. on social media, even though he's not on social media, <laughs> that he loves kids. Yep. Man, backstage before event, he's a softie with kids. Yep. I mean, his he, grandson. His, oh, and and everyone else's kids. Yep. You know, but especially his. Like, just he's he's into kids. He's a good guy. Really good guy. And then, uh, so two. In 2009, man, it's weird that it was that fast in my first. So it was in my second season with the PBR, but my first complete 
season on tour. Right. So it's 2009, and um, on the Friday after Memorial Day, uh, we didn't have an event because at that point in the years, it, we had been on the summer break, hard summer break. Yeah. Which My, actually was a break back then. Yeah, real break. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Uh, lucky you. Um, <laughs> anyway, my the dad who raised me, not my biological dad, but my dad. I call him my dad. I don't call him a stepdad. I don't call him. He never even adopted me, but he's my dad. I mean, right. he was married to my mom. He was in my life. Like, he's the guy. I was three and a half like that when they got married, and um, he's my dad. Yeah. But anyway, um, on that Friday after Memorial Day, he uh he had a stroke and they discovered a brain tumor and um and even randy bernard man when everybody found out that that happened and i was like nervous like i had to you know go into the office Mm -hmm. and and say hey this this medical emergency there wasn't a vacation planned I, i really need to go home i'm not sure what's happening i don't i don't know what's happening right and um so I got to back check off a rant, off a off a Cody first and say Randy the the PBO not only did they tell me go home like don't even hesitate um Randy Bernard paid for the plane ticket so by the time I got to the airport the PBR had bought a plane ticket for me to get home so I go home, and then I was told not to worry about coming back right away. They said, we're on summer break. How much work do you think you can do from while you're back home in Wisconsin? And I said, well, I mean, as long as I have a laptop and a phone, I can do whatever I would do if I was sitting. At that time, I didn't have an office. I had a cube. I was yeah. in a cube. I said, and they said, okay, so be with your family. Help them out however you need. And that was Cody and Ty behind the scenes. And Randy. And Randy, yeah. Ra- they didn't, Cody and Ty didn't say anything about buy the plane ticket. That was Randy. Right. Man, they bought that. I'll never, ever, I can't, you know what I mean? Like, right. I never will forget that. But, and you it, know what? It's bought not the plane ticket. And then I get home and through, through Randy, but, but Cody and Ty, it was. We're on summer break. You're not traveling to events right now. Do what you can do and be at home and be of service to them. So I didn't want to take advantage. I mean, they right. basically told me right. I could stay there for the summer break. But after a month, which is in, like, that wasn't a month of vacation time. Right. That was yeah. a month of being with my family at a pretty stressful time. High stress. Yeah. Plus work. At, but after a month, I knew I can't take advantage of it. Like, they're giving me the go-ahead, but I would feel guilty to stay longer. Mm-hmm. So after the month, it was what it was. He was deteriorating. My being there wasn't going to change anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I came back, go to work. But from the moment Cody heard about the stroke my dad had, and he ended up dying on the Tuesday of Thanksgiving week. Every every day from then to that day that he that he passed away, I either got a phone call or a text message. Huh. 
How's your mom? Have you helped? Have you done something to help out your mom? Basically, really. How's your mom? How are you? And what's the latest with right. your dad? Just like, check. Everyone kind of knew, man. With my dad, it was like, don't ask. How's your like? Out and out. How's your dad doing? He right. wasn't doing very good, man. You know what I mean? It, and you don't want to ask someone, did he deteriorate? You know what I right. mean? Is it so worse? So Cody's yeah. was more worried. Like you're there for your mom. Yeah. How's your mom? Make sure your mom is okay. Yeah. That's 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 crazy and it shows the insight to a human that you know what? They they understand people. Yeah. And that they genuinely care about people. And and because let's be honest, he's asking you how's your mom, but that's a subtle way of how are you? Yeah, Checking yeah, in of with course, you. Of, Just of making that connection, yeah, yeah. which is so important. That connection is so important because here we are. How many years later? 11 years later? No, 10 years later? Yeah, 10. Um, a decade later, and it's obviously still something that you think about. That's You'll a never. That's a connection. I'll man. never ever I'll never forget that. Yeah. Like I obviously I, when I start out, I mean, and trust me, mm-hmm. I've 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 I We've all seen him, you know, like sometimes it, he's being a character, right. you know, kind of, you know, in a little bit of a way. But let me tell you something. I will, uh, I mean, it, this sounds lame and corny maybe, but, you know, I, I, uh, I love him like an uncle. Yeah. He's like he's the uncle I wish I had. I wish I was related to him. But I think, man, that might be a podcast for that might be a first ever that anybody said they actually wish they were connected to him even more so than they are. No, I, it, it, no. yeah, I wish I wish I wish I could say I was related to him. Yeah, because I'm better person for knowing him. Well, and, and I tell you what, his the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because Riley's the same way. His son Riley's the same way. But uh, I, I digress. They, like relationships are the foundation of, of so much in life and um that's important that's that's a really cool thought you can, you can do you can go a lot of places in the world yeah. if you give a shit about people that's it look and, and and I don't care so people talk to me all the time and and they're like big picture this big picture that I let's face it we're in a corporate world but if you don't care more about the relationships than you do the end game you're fucked because you're never going to be happy. Like, I, I truly believe that. Like, you can have as much money as you want, and you can be as successful in business as you want. But back to, it may sound kind of cheesy and corny, but if you do all that and have all that success and don't enjoy your life and you don't have anybody there to share it with, who gives a shit? Yeah. Who cares how much money you have like, or or how far you got in this business? Like, if you don't have those people along the way, that's why I love the locker room we've got right now. The, the, the bull riding locker room has changed so much in the last decade because the guys are bringing their families around. There's so many little kids. It's like a damn daycare back there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody's got kids, and it's so cool to to be a part of that and to see all of these little kids growing up and to see the bull riders growing up. Hell, I mean, the dynamic of the whole thing's changed so much. Yeah. but. Um, so you started early. It was a little bit still the Wild West back then. It was the taming. I was there for the taming of the West. Yeah. You know, and luckily, and I joke. Uh, <laughs> I joke with, you know, um, so if if Cody, um, if, if Cody's like an uncle I wish I had, yeah. 
um, and oh, they're gonna they're gonna roll their eyes and do whatever. But you know, Ty and I mean Ty and I we're only two months apart in age. Really, we're both gonna turn fifty. He turns fifty in October. I turn fifty in December. And even though most people would look at my upbringing and who I am, and they look at Ty's upbringing and mm-hmm. you know his single focus or whatever, but man, you know what? We fucking connected. Yeah. More like, um, which is like, we were instant best friends, you know? Not be- best friends sounds right, middle but, school. But tight. But tight. Like yeah. good, like friends. He's a guy that I had a hard time, and, and I don't know if it was just I was intimidated by him, and, and like, um, I had to connect with so many of them, but there's an intimidation factor when you uh, walk in. Yeah, absolutely. And so it took me years of, like, we'd be in the same room, and we might even be at the same table, and it would be like a hi, how are you, sir? And that was it. And then I don't all of a sudden one day, and I don't remember. And it's it's been recently, like in the last three, four, five years. Um, there was something going on in Albuquerque. Five years isn't recent, man. That's well, a half a decade. Uh, yeah, but you think about it in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. You know, we're almost you're almost fifty years into life. That's that's yeah. pretty. It hadn't been that far away. Um, but I had been around for years, and then all of a sudden he called me one day about something, and then from that point forward, mm-hmm. every time we saw each other, you know, they're the type of people that'll go out of their way to come say hello. Yeah, yeah. And and that means a lot. Well, here's the two, like, so in in 2009, at the beginning of, at the end of 2008, going into the 2008 World Finals... Now, nobody remembers, man. I did a I did a weekly podcast, if you will. I do. I remember. With Ty. Yep. I remember. We'd have a conversation. I remember. I can't even remember what we called it. I don't either. I was just sitting here I thinking. Don't what I don't remember, remember what, what, we, what we called it. And it was a podcast before podcasts were a thing. Yeah. Really. Essentially yeah. what it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. You did it over phone, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Wait, well, because he was in he Texas yep. and I wasn't. Yep. And um <clears throat> and so but I spoke to him and I just I told him I wanted to do a podcast and he he asked me what what a podcast was, <laughs> which wasn't as uh bad as when um when Michael Gaffney asked me what a blog was and I said, "Well, it's a column, <laughs> you know, it's a it's a, a column. Well, I'm going to help you write it though." And what's a column? <laughs> hey, I'm gonna write a bunch of shit down. Yeah. We're gonna talk. I said about we're gonna it. have yeah. a conversation. I'm gonna turn the conversation in, and I'm gonna use only your words from our conversation, right? And then I'm gonna arrange it into. He goes into an article, and I said, "Yes, take it's an article, yep. Michael. It's take an article. That. <laughs> that latch onto that. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. But with Ty, I want to do the podcast, and so." We had the conversation. He goes, "Yeah," and he said, "But I want to. I want you to promise me one thing." He he said, "I don't want to half-ass it. Yeah. I don't want. I don't want to be asked the same questions every week." Mm-hmm. He said, "You don't. You got a different perspective of this. You're learning our sport, so you're as you're learning, you can start to ask different. Like we can we can right. really explore things." And uh, and he said. And under no circumstance can we ki- can we skip a week. He said, if if we're supposed to post this on Mondays at three o'clock, he just randomly pick a time. Right. Then Mondays at three o'clock, I want to 
fucking podcast up because if everyone thinks I do a podcast on Mondays at three o'clock, but it's you who didn't get around to calling me, I'm the one it'll look like didn't deliver that tied in deliver. Man, thanks for kicking me right square in the testicles because (laughs) I was sitting here thinking today, I was like, you know what, maybe because I'm bad about like we get on the road and I'll have a podcast planned, but things happen and especially in the business that we're in now like things come up and meetings come up and by the end of the day everybody's exhausted and you've put every ounce of every piece of energy you have into the show and you just want to eat and go to bed or there's or somebody's got friends in and so I'm really bad about letting it slide and just saying I'll get another one next week or next weekend I'll do three or four and I let it slip and I've got to be better at holding myself accountable to do one of these damn things every yeah. single week yeah yeah dude how about how about when he went on dancing with the stars and so ty calls me up and he said hey man we can't talk about this but they're about to announce i'm gonna do dancing with the stars and uh (laughs) jewel and i are going on and i said okay um great we should uh we should do a separate podcast uh not a podcast a blog we gotta do a blog weekly blog i i, I didn't even say weekly we just need to do a we need to we right. need to do a blog like an update. report you know and um and then ty said yeah but it, it can't be weekly he said there's so many things going on blah 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 and we never expected he would be on as long as he was but he said and we thought we got huge. one week to do this well you know you don't i, I would have thought i I went in optimistic. I no one knew what his dancing skills were till we saw episode one, and they were still terrible. Oh no, no, <laughs> they, they were. But the, but the power of the fan. I, vote. I thought going in, oh man, it, I think his charisma. People are gonna like. He's gonna get in. He's gonna get a third of the way. Yeah, a third to half the way. Didn't think he was going to go to one episode before the final three. Like, he made it to the top four. but so, Which meant, he ends up saying, we're going to do it every day. I said, every day? I go, dude, are, you're committing to something before you know what this dancing stuff's about. Right. And he goes, Keith, I was a bull rider. This, you, what do you think this dancing? So he goes, that's fine. But the dancing ended up kicking his ass and uh but he committed he wanted it he goes we're doing it every day dude well, hell jewel because her leg and then she yeah and was out and oh he was just like oh yeah she gets the broken bone and she gets out of this thing i'm the one and she wanted to do it i'm the one who's miserable and i'm stuck and he said and they won't vote me off <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't have it in him to totally just stiff out. Right, because uh, he's a competitor. Cor- correct. He's a competitor. He's a total competitor. And so, do you know, because he went all the way like that, and then the final week, he's, he's not competing, but he's still on because they brought everybody back. Right, yeah. So he and I ended up doing 127 days in a row. Jeez, you know what it's like. To write you, you his could. blog, a hundred. I wrote a blog for with. So every day, by the time all his dancing and fittings and right. spray tan, he didn't get the spray. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but all the Hollywood stuff, yeah, was done. He would get back to the condo that he stayed in across the street from the studio. Yeah, 
uh, and it would be about nine o'clock. So for me, it's 10 o'clock in Colorado. Phone would ring. We'd have to have a conversation. And then the next morning, first thing in the morning, he would want that block because it had to be up right away because right. it was it was already yesterday. yesterday's news. Yeah, from yesterday. It, it couldn't be yesterday's news at right at four o'clock. Yeah, it can't. It, there's a 24 hour period where yeah. you've completely missed the day and and you can't, yeah. you can't get it anymore. So we did that. We did that thing. 127 days in a row and i remember and uh one time we were talking and um it was actually going into the last the last week that he was on and and there's a there's a mexican restaurant on uh hollywood sunset boulevard it's sunset boulevard no what no that's one of my favorite mexican restaurants ever right there on sunset boulevard I think it's, it might even be called El Compadre or something like that. Okay. Anyway, it's a Mexican restaurant. It was his favorite to go to right in Hollywood. So he was by himself. We're talking on the phone, and it's the Friday night. Monday is going to be the dance, and Tuesday he gets eliminated. But we don't know that he's dancing right. getting eliminated. Right. So it's Friday. He's eating. the. He's, he's just, had a, just had that meal. We're talking on the phone. And he said, Keith, I'm going to tell you something. He goes... If you could assure me the fact that I'm going to get voted off on Tuesday, that I'm done with this, I would trade this incredible Mexican meal that I just had, that I loved. I loved every minute of eating this food. He goes, I would eat a plate of shit if you could assure me that I'm going to get voted off. And I said, I just think it, I think. You got it. I, I don't think you're getting voted off. I think you're going to be in the top three you're going to go to the all the whole way and you're going to finish third and he ended up finishing fourth he did get right. he did get voted off but um but that goes to his competitiveness and that's what uh you uh you know who jimmy johnson is the yep. nascar driver yep. so um i did a series of stories for pbr.com mm-hmm. it was it was jimmy johnson it was laird hamilton uh, Nolan Ryan, Mitch Williams. Mitch Williams is a relief pitcher. Uh, may have spoke to Roy Jones Jr. Even. Wait, how do you? How do you may have spoke to Roy Jones Jr. Yeah, I like, can't remember. That's so crazy to me. I can't remember. But it's crazy to me how many like celebrities that you've actually spoke to yeah but these were all ty called them up yeah and said i got a guy who wants to do a story on what a what a champion's mentality is yeah. and he wants to speak to world champions like, outside of bull riding yeah. but he's gonna you know he's writing it about the mentality of a world how the mentality of a world champion right that's what separates them yep and uh so i was talking to uh Jimmy Johnson and Jimmy Jimmy gave me an ex, an example where that really illustrates how Ty sees things. So they were both they both had they shared a sponsor at one point, and they filmed a commercial. And the commercial was filmed at a track, and then so they're at the track, and then uh, Jimmy's going to show not as part of the commercial, but just they're there. 
So, you know, they talked to Ty about how to handle a race car and drive a race car, da-da-da-da-da. Jimmy's explaining all the ins and outs. And they're going to have Ty get in the driver's mm-hmm. seat and take the car around. Mm-hmm. And and when Ty's intently li- – and Jimmy said, man, his eyes are like, man, they could cut through steel. He said how intently he's listening to everything that's being said. And he's not saying anything. He just You just know he's taking it all in. And he said one the one thing that he did say at the end, the one question he had was he said, so if I follow this groove, I can supposedly go all the way around this track in the groove with the pedal down and never let off the gas. Because he's not racing against anybody. Right. He's on the track all by himself. Following following a car that's going to be enough car lengths ahead of him. Right, that he's that not going to run into. So he knows that that's the groove. He's like, we, we wouldn't know what the groove is. Right. So there's a car ahead of him, and he's just going to follow, and he's in the groove. And they said, yeah, absolutely. You can, you can mash it down. That was his words. I can mash this thing down and never let off the pedal and go all the way around the track. And Jimmy nodded and he goes, "Ab absolutely. You're not racing. There's you don't you don't have any other cars to worry right. about. You could do that, but you won't. You think you will, but you won't." Right. He did. Yeah, I, I totally believe it. But he's got an intensity and you you talk about that mindset and it's not just when he's listening to something. And I think that I think successful people especially in like quote unquote western sports are this way. But when he's talking to you, he's very engaged. Like he's a hundred percent. If it's a conversation about dancing, if it's a conversation about what this guy did this past weekend in the bull riding, I mean, he's very much here and connected. And Justin McBride's that same way. No, oh, absolutely. Um, but and I talk with McBride. When McBride and I'm gonna have and, to tape that thing to your yeah mcbride and 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 ty we we have spoke about this and mcbride and i laugh about it all the time because i met justin when he was still drinking but and so he says nah i don't i i think we would have become friends anyways right but um but i often say had i come around before cody ty and mcbride were sober mm-hmm. would i have become as close to them when they were drunk right <laughs> or would they have seen me as a little weasel can, and kick my ass? i can tell you you would have either um been gone from the pbr a lot sooner Fast. or you might be in prison somewhere for right. something who knows yeah yeah but um but and so justin laughs and says well you knew me I said, yeah, and I thought I was going to have to go to the doctor one time in uh, Malala. He put me in a – we were you – know, Ross's event was pretty – Oh, intense. yeah. They yeah. called it summer camp. Summer camp. But there were no kids around. It was all – Oh, they well, were kids. Big kids. They were yeah. big. All the cowboys. Yeah. So it is – man, you want to talk that – like – there's a reason the Malala event doesn't happen anymore <laughs> and that the PBR has evolved and it's no yeah. longer the that was the Wild West yeah. event. Now the event was great because all the great Bolt Ross everybody everybody loved all him. the heavy Every, hitters ev- all the heavy hitters were there. Mm-hmm. Everyone was there. But at the end of the night uh work hard, play even harder. Harder. And I was I was not ready. <laughs> 
I don't know that anybody's ever I wasn't, really ready for that. I wasn't ready. Um, I was not. No, man. And so the event ends. They're all behind everybody's tailgates and everything, and they're drinking. And I, to me, I thought, okay, that was the party. Now we're going yeah. to where you're going to go to sleep. And um, and I was I was with uh, Sid Steiner, mm-hmm. and we're in the same car. And so he's going wherever. Just they're like, they were, you know, they're real tight friends. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm going, I'm going wherever Sid goes. So right. that this is how I meet Justin was through Sid at this event in Malala. And um, I know that everyone said they're going to like whatever the bar is that everybody goes to up there. All the cars are headed to this bar. And when we come out of the parking lot, we go in the other direction and we pull into this liquor store. And I mean, Justin is, he's, he's, he's pretty hammered. <laughs> he goes, he goes in to, to buy beer, more beer. And, uh, eventually walks out. He got like three cases. It's just three of us. I thought, fuck, if they, if they think I'm drinking a case of beer, they are kidding themselves because i'm thinking what are we doing with this everyone went to the bar so i tell sid hey does he know everyone went to the bar where where are we going and and sid goes hey and rather than just say hey i heard everybody's going to the bar did are you do you know that he looks and goes hey my buddy my buddy just said everyone's going to the bar and then McBride takes a step over and he puts me in a headlock. And every every half sentence he yank, he he kind of he kind of goes a little tighter. And he's like, "You tell your buddy, we're not going to the bar. That's why we're buying our own beer." Because I and then he's wiggling my head back. And I mean, it, dude, I thought. I thought if he didn't break my neck, I was going to have to get the C3, 4, and 5 fused together. <laughs> but that's so them. like Oh, like, absolutely. And, and everybody talks about all the party and everything, but they were just big kids. They like, just they just wanted kids. to have fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, even though he nearly broke my neck, all he wanted to know was, uh, was tell me stories about touring with poison. And so I spent a whole night just telling him all the poison Okay, which stories. leads me to this, and... You know, you talk about you and Ty having very different upbringings, but you have a very different story. It, your profile picture picture on social media for the longest time was you at a Playboy party of some sorts. Yeah. Like you've had – I've said this, and I've said this for years. Like we've known each other for a long time, and I've said Keith, Keith Ryan Cartwright – might be the most interesting man in the world before there was a most interesting man in the world. You know, I'm the guy that stood five feet behind the most interesting people. <laughs> but you were but with But out him. of curiosity, yeah. I just keep looking for interesting people. Yeah. And then and what I found them. is, if you ask enough people, can I blah, 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 eventually some people are going to say yes to some shit. <laughs> yeah. Just not knowing. Yeah, you we're know, and, and and the thing is... I just asked a lot of people, can I do this? Can I whatever? You know, like, I mean, that's how I interviewed a former president of the United States of America was how do you how do you know if you can or can't interview yeah. 
if you don't ask. And I was really surprised. And so I often joke when I have a hard time getting a hold of somebody. And I said, you know, I got Jimmy Carter to do an interview in 45 minutes. And I can't get you on the phone. There's something (laughs) fucking wrong with that. Tell me about that, though. Because not everybody... Like, I've been in the same room with a president and a vice president. That's like, cool. Which, hey, let me tell you something. And and you and I have talked politics a little bit here and there. And and that's what that's what I love about you is we don't always have to agree. And I'll say things that... Or I'll tweet something and you're like, hey, motherfucker. Is we this, agree like, most of the we time. We agree most of the time. <laughs> yeah. But we'll we'll strike up a conversation randomly. And, and every time I see your name, I'm like, I get excited. And then I'm like... What is he fucking with me about now? And, and it turns like nine times out of ten, it turns into an interesting conversation, and, and that's yeah, yeah. where I think I think you got to hold people accountable, and that's how you learn things. But anyways, back to that. I stood in a room with, uh, I, and I was feet away from Barack Obama, Joe Biden, and Benjamin Netanyahu. Wow! And somebody said, "How did that come about?" Uh, I got a friend that's in Congress, and long story short, we were just kind of seeing some things, and it happened to be where they were in a room speaking in front of a a group, and we were standing at the door next to Secret Service. Like I got to tell you, it was awesome. It was awesome to see a president, a president of the United States, and I don't care, vote for the guy or not, it does not matter. There's 45 people that have held that one office leader of the free world oh absolutely that's crazy to yeah, me. yeah yeah and that's like from you know um i'm why about meeting people uh don't ask me the name because one i couldn't remember it if i even had an idea of what letters of from the alphabet spelled his <laughs> name but i um i i got to go to dinner with the richest man from india really yeah and it was all curiosity. It was just, for just me, random. it was yeah. curiosity, you know? Yeah. And for him, he wanted to be a writer, and we happened to have a mutual friend, and he was in Nashville. And um, so she said, Hey, I have someone I want to meet. I want you to meet. And I, she, I knew he was from India. Yeah. And she had told me, Make sure, <laughs> make sure you Google him before you come to dinner. But <laughs> well, I didn't. Right. I didn't Google. Uh, and, but again, I had curiosity, but there was a bunch of stuff going on. I was out of town. I was traveling, and I was coming in. My flight was late. It was pouring down rain. It was a Friday night, and I, I, uh, I barely make it to dinner on time mm-hmm. to not even be late. So I, I go to this thing, and there's other people. I mean, it, it wasn't like right. intimate. Right, just like you and him. Yeah, no, it was, it, was a, it was a big dinner. Big group. But – but I'm specifically been asked by her, and she has said, he, he, I told him about you. He wants to talk to you about writing. He wants to be a writer. So I go to there. And then, dude, it's like all the record company executives. There's people from the literary world. There's a couple uh, state and local f- politicians, whatnot. There's, and me. Well, I mean, because you fit in. Because I fit in. <laughs> no. And here, I end up getting introduced. We sit down, and he's got all these questions about writing and my process and what do I do. And he's trying to make a trend. That's what he wants. He, and he's like, you know, but my family, there's a lot of pressure to, you know, uh, to do other things. Mm-hmm. And is 
their money, even in writing, but I don't care. Blah, blah, blah. Right. And, um, and so it wasn't until after I had had that conversation with them, I'm still at the dinner, and now I'm having a conversation with some other people, and they say something about him that leads me to say, what? Like, I don't get it. Who? who? I know he's from India. What, what does he do? I actually don't know what he does. And they're like, uh... He's he's the he's the richest man in India. I was like, oh, oh, wow! I wonder how different the conversation right. would have been had, had you, I had known that. that, but I didn't know that. And uh, but I just I like meeting interesting, interesting people. curious people. That's Same why thing. I've been hammering away on Ty. So his wife Paige. Yep. And, and you know her name is Paige Duke. Yep. Okay. So if you if you look, if do you are you intrigued at all by because this is it, uh, being 2019, it's uh, it's there's been a lot of celebration about 50 years since we went to the moon. Right. 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 So there's a lot yeah. of yep. a lot of astronauts and nasa yeah it's a it's a hot button this year big yep. hot big big thing to cover and so during that time that nasa was going to the moon there were only ever 12 men to to actually walk on the moon only 12 as many astronauts as we've had right. as many have right. gone in space some of right. them even landed on the moon but not walked on the moon right but 12 men have walked on the moon of those 12 only four are still alive in the history of the world there's only four men on the face of the planet alive today who have ever walked on the moon four of them yeah and the youngest one is 83 years old and what's his name charles duke so how's 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 he obviously he's related to Paige duke yeah it's her great uncle it's really her dad's uncle that's insane. Yeah. Like, I don't understand that. Why do Why do we not, if we've done it and it's been 50 years ago, like there's, I know there's curious minds. Why are we not doing that shit all I, the time? I think they're too worried about going to the red planet. But why? I don't understand. Like, I, don't I, I mean, I think they got, they made it to the, well, I, we're two guys who haven't yeah. really studied this, okay, yeah. folks? So yeah. <laughs> we're getting into the pulling shit out of our you, ass. You think they really You think they really walked on the moon? Yes. Okay, me too. But there's a lot of motherfuckers really think out they, there that I don't. think they made it to the moon. I think they walked on the moon, and they got there, and they said, it's a uh, shithole. There ain't shit there's up nothing here. we can do <laughs> Let's here. name this place Kansas. There you go. <laughs> it it <laughs> There ain't shit here. Let's go home. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, why? What can they do? What can we do here? So, I just and so I, I just think we don't have, like, they don't know what to do with it. So they're going beyond. It bothers me that we know every move that is made on the southern border. It bothers me that we know every move that's made with our United States military. Everything the president does, we know about. We don't know shit about what they found on the moon. Like, I, I mean, not much of anything. There's what? not much about it. Like, well, no, but that's just it. They didn't find much. They found that it. Wow, this is a really useless place. Right, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's just like you don't hear 
well, we found this rock or uh, there's just not a lot of, I guess it's just not interesting to a lot of people. I don't know, but it fascinates me that that we did that. It's crazy because I can't, we're sitting in a 20 story building right now. We're on the 20th floor and I don't like looking down at the ground. I can't imagine looking down at planet earth. Oh dude. But that's why I want to talk to Charles. Yeah. So, okay, I've watched enough documentaries and wa- and li- like I listen to people be interviewed. And so, I've listened to a ton of interviews about astronauts um when they go to the moon. And so I want to hear I want to have my own follow-up questions face to face with right. someone who not only been there. And it, yeah, and I guess they don't even have to have walked on the moon they just had to have gone so when you approach the moon as you get to the moon they don't land on the side that they come on so they gotta they loop around the moon and they land on the other side i don't know all the science behind it okay i just know they do that yeah don't 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 ask me the physics behind why i have pilots do that all the time and i don't understand why it's a straight shot why are we circling the city i don't i don't know but they circle they circle (laughs) the moon so on the way there you're dude, three days there. You're on the way there. It's dark, but it's not. It's not pitch dark because you you have a view of Earth, right? Right. Okay. But when they make that spin around the planet, about around Moon, around the Moon, as soon as there's a certain point they hit, the they're so close to the Moon that even though Earth is bigger than the Moon, they're so close to it. The moon is blocking Earth, so it is absolute. It's it's the absolute most darkest place in the in the whatever ever yeah ever that you can be like it. What is that? What is that like when I mean when dude, you can't you see just shit. you just you just flew for three days and you go to loop around it. One, there's that feeling of whatever that feeling is. That you're you're going to the moon, but when you're on the backside, yeah, where it's blocking go? it's it's blocking the sun and the earth and all everything. So not just blocking Earth, but so you can't see Earth, but it's also blocking the moon. It's pitch pure dark. I, I got that right now, folks. Um, <laughs> I'm not an actual scientist, which is why I want to talk to him. But I just know there's you're, a you're not an astronaut. Wait a minute! I got to reschedule this. I thought you were an astronaut. <laughs> I didn't get to that part yet. <laughs> but when you're on that backside, and it's you're in that 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 dark spot, that's I got. I have so many questions right. about how yeah. how a person feels. Yeah. Or and here's probably why we haven't walked on the. How about earlier this year? Um, they were going to have the first female. The two females were going to go in. Uh, they were in space, and they were going to go outside and and walk on the. Uh, where did they go? Um, one of the one of the satellites, space station. Yeah, 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 yeah. And man, this is this is NASA, right? P- planning for years. You think they got this shit figured out? Right. And the reason history wasn't made with two women walking on the the space station at the same time outside of the shuttle was when they got there, the NASA had to put out a press release that the historic walk would not be taking place on Friday because they forgot to pack 
two medium suits. And Wait, the, what? And the, the suit was too big for the woman. No. Yeah. Like, how is Go that? Google not, it. Like, that it should happened, be. It happened a couple months ago. That's like saying, hey, I'm going to drive cross country. Oh, I forgot to put gas in the car. Right. Like, that's step one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe not step one, but it's pretty dangerous. But no, no, close. that happened this year. There was going to be a historic. It was like the most. It would be the ho- most historic moment for women in NASA. It was big when women went into space right. at first, but now you were going to get not one, but two women outside of the shuttle at the same time, and they for somebody it just forgot to pack the second woman. A, a suit. I feel like that's a pretty good metaphor for uh, the society we live in. Like for all the intelligence and all the information that's out there, we're still pretty ignorant, or yeah, yeah. or there's a giant lack of common sense. Because <laughs> that's yeah. pretty common sense was, to me. That was a bigger gaffe than <laughs> than the last time that uh, Tony Mendez came to a a. A built for tough event, and it was in it was in Albuquerque, and they were like, the introductions were about to happen, and there's no Tony Mendez, and everyone's like, there's no way he would like, he, there's right. no way that guy's gonna miss this, right? And there were a lot of reasons why people said he would, but they were just like, man, where's Tony Mendez? And then all of a sudden, it was Cody Lambert got the phone call. And he looked on his phone. He's like, oh, here's here's Tony. I wonder where he is. And he answered. He goes, Tony, where are you? And he goes, where am I? Where are you guys? I'm, I'm at the arena, and there's no one here. He went... He went oh to the God. he went to the other old arena. What was that called? Uh, Tingley, Tingley, Tingley Coliseum. He's at Tingley Coliseum. <laughs> and we're all at the pit. Everybody else forgot. <laughs> I'm the only one that got it right. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> like, man, where is everyone? And Cody said, "What do you mean? We're at the bull ride, and they're about to do the introduction. Where are you?" And and he said, I- "I'm at the arena. No, but nobody's here." And he goes, and Cody goes, let me guess, you're at Tingley Coliseum. Uh, Wouldn't you think that when you pulled in and there were no trucks, no people at all? Well, that was probably an indication he was going to be pretty late anyway. Yeah, no kidding. Um, You, I mentioned a minute ago, like just some of the conversations we've had and some of the people that you've been able to sit and visit with, Jimmy Carter for one. When you look back at your career, like, who are some of the people that you go, holy shit, I got to talk to that guy, or or that were just like super interesting? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I don't live with regrets, but there were a lot of conversations I got to have that uh, there's a whole string of interviews when I was young where I'm just yeah. like, I look back, I look back now. And it was like, man, I had no business interviewing that person at that point. Like, um, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, interviewed the living members of the doors. I interviewed um, uh, the guys from black sabbath and they were telling me they were telling me about why like they were taking me through why they had to kick ozzy out you know like how bad it got and that they had a ghost singer record the last album the last album that black sabbath made with ozzy 
it's a ghost singer. It's not us. Really? It, they didn't really make it with him. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's a guy who came in the studio who sounded just like yeah. him. Which which happens a lot in music. Whoa, there's whoa, a lot whoa. of bands. Okay, there's a lot of bands that that can happen to, but yeah. this was... <laughs> This it's a was little promoted as this was Ozzy yeah. being on the album with he's in Black Sabbath, right. and but instead he was so on drugs that he they couldn't get him to the studio. Have you seen the Motley Crue uh, movie docufilm or whatever it's called? Uh, don't call it anything documentary. That would lead you to believe. What that what, what is it called? Is it uh, like a biopic? It's a biopic. Biopic. It's a biopic. That's that's the biopic. Yeah. That's yeah. The yeah. Word. I saw yeah. it. What'd you think of it? Uh, I won the fan. Really? I won the fan. It was fun to watch. Right. Okay, okay, don't get me wrong. It's fun to watch. Um It it's fun to watch. I was gonna say, can I give you my my take on it is highly entertaining. Yeah. I, I was highly entertained. But it, it just left me going, I wonder how much of that shit's realistic. Uh, I wonder so how much of it is fabricated and i wonder how much of it just doesn't even scratch the surface to what happened exactly it's all of that yeah so dude it was their 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 that the beginning of their career from then through a lot of it yeah. was not even scratching the surface right but then there were some things that just kind of yeah fabricated in a way you know like having like ev- they made in the movie it was made to believe that every time they went to the rainbow barn grill mm-hmm. and they would sit at the table that there was always a girl who sat right. under the table yeah now that might have happened one time like right. that in all reality that probably happened but not every time right well, and I think that part of that is just to uh, let's add a little entertainment into it. You know, we we've yeah, talked yeah. about the movie Eight Seconds, and you know, I got uh, big. Ty and I were talking about that this week. Really? Yeah, I you got know, big... talk about Clyde and Elsie and how Clyde was portrayed to be you know somewhat of an asshole to to Lane at times. Not a good father. Not a good father. Not just an asshole, like right. not a good father, and couldn't be more the contrary. Exactly. And but I, I feel for them to get. A a story into a movie and and to get it somehow, you know, to hook you, they had to change a lot of shit. No, they didn't have to. Well, yeah, right, right, right. They didn't right, have right, to do what so they. So here's 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 my okay. My number one problem is <laughs> in the movie, it's tough Lane and Cody right. traveling. Well, glaring I- issue number one. Jim Sharp's not a character. Right. And there's one reason why he's, there's only one reason why he's not a character in the movie. Because they had, in the in the scenes in the van, the camera had to go where Jim would fucking sit. Uh. <laughs> Jim got written out so he could put a fucking camera in the van. Because technology was such at that time, right? They had no other way to film the scene. Is that in is a that van. serious? Yeah. No, my God. So they cut out one of the one of the biggest legends in Western sports. Yeah, and it, too many characters, too right. many storylines, whatever. Yeah. 
And a big part of it is being on the road. They're going to be in the van. Where are we putting the camera? How do we film four guys? Right. Got to cut one of them out. Cut them out. Put the camera there. Got to have a camera. Yeah. That makes sense. And then it's a, okay, they call it, they call that biopic is kind of considered cradle to the grave. It didn't start at when Lane was a young boy. I mean, it it was hit the length of his pro career, basically. But you call that it's not a it's not a snippet of a person's life. It I mean, mm-hmm. so it's sort of a an approach of cradle to the grave, you know. So they covered the movie covers a long period of time, which means you're gonna see a little bit in this age, skip ahead. So as the storyline would skip ahead they needed to be able to bridge the gap and they elect to bridge the gap by Coe Lambert's a poet so every time he read a every time he would read one of the poems the storyline would move ahead yeah. but if you li- most people never listened to the poems that were being read but those poems are getting you they're yeah. they're the link they're to the next they're taking you from one point to the to next. the next part of the storyline yeah well we obviously know, right? Cody's not—he's not a, uh, not a poet. That you said that, not me, because I don't know. He's not a poet. <laughs> doesn't even read poems. Reads a lot. He's more well-read than people would. Right. Uh, he's a lot smarter than people. He's real. Think. He's real well-read. Poetry, maybe not his forte. Not. Yeah. Love knows then no boundaries. And there's the the Clyde part yep. of it. So as you can see now, when it was a movie brought up. It's a movie. So when this stuff starts to get brought up and I see people talk about it online, I I some t- I I a lot of times when I see that stuff, I just say you can't you can't say anything. Mm-hmm. But there's mm-hmm. days where I don't know, I feel like tussling. Yeah. <laughs> and I get lit up for poo-pooing the movie. But right. but man, the guy But when you is- know the real people, it's These different. are people. They're real people. And I, I, I once called Jim, and we were having a conversation because I call him once, just once in a while, just to check in and say yeah. hello. Yep. Because he's an, I mean, he's an interesting dude. Yep. Very. Yeah. And um, so I'll call, check in with him, and I remember asking him one time. I said, "Man, um, I saw Eight Seconds was on." I said, "Jim, I never asked you this," and. And you never have anything bad to say about anybody ever. Nothing ever. I said, but man, how did how did you feel when you weren't in the movie? Not you particularly, but your character right. wasn't in the movie. And he said, yeah, uh, it's a movie. I, I don't really care, but yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was. Thought it was kind of weird. Kind of weird, maybe world champion, right? And I was like, yeah, you got replaced by a camera. That's weird. Like you think about that, and it's amazing how things have changed technology-wise because now you could fit now fifteen they, they people got, in the they van. Got, they, they could build, put them in a light put, on the side. On the know, side, anything. they got GoPros. Yeah. They could small cameras. Like they could, everything would be fine. You know, and it all be done in a studio. Yeah, you know, there's so many things that have changed. But um, you listen to like John Tigan, Tig 
from uh, Benghazi talks about that movie. Is, what's the name of the movie? Is it 13 Hours, I think it is? 13 Hours. 13 yeah, Hours. I know the guy who wrote the book. Oh, really? Yeah. John, wait, who wrote the book? I don't know. Um, oh, you're gonna. I'm getting confused now. I'm getting confused because Tiggs in 13 hours, and I've seen him do some interviews on like Fox News and different things. And people say, "Hey, what about what about this?" Yeah, that shit didn't really happen, you know. Or like, there's a lot. Of, they'll they'll take a situation or a real life scenario and then just you know build a about, story around it. Uh, so one of my one of my one a uh, really really good friend and I met him at a PBR event the first time he ever came to a PBR event I met Jeff Kyle Chris Kyle's yeah. brother yep. and we became very I very to him close last week yeah last week or the week before we became we we became really uh really close and um man when you hear his story oh. uh and I mean dude there's so many crazy things that um so I uh, you know there's a lot of craziness. Yeah, there's a lot. And the movie, that move, that um, it captures the essence of Chris. Yeah, not a lot of the rest. Right. Yep. It, it's the, yep. it's the essence. Yep. It's kind of like with eight seconds, um, when people ask, "Well, then, what do you? How do you feel about it?" And I said, "Okay, here's what it is. His name was Lane Frost." Yep. And he dies in the final scene, and all the stuff in the middle is kind of bullshit. You know what I like about it, and, and it's but the same thing. Brought a lot of people. Bingo. I, I, it, it, the, what it did for instilling a popularity, not in rodeo, but in bull riding, right? It brings eyeballs to a topic. Yeah, yeah. That's how I, I look at eight seconds, uh, the longest ride. All that stuff is it brings new eyeballs to the sport of bull riding that have probably never even seen it before. It piques an interest. The same could be said about movies like American Sniper, um, you know, even 13 Hours, is yeah. there's situations in life that need more attention. You know, and and I think the American Sniper movie brought more awareness to what some of the guys well, go through. Yeah, home. and and um, here's the th- is um, more people need to read books. That's right. Okay, they need to read books and and watch documentaries. Spoken Real. like a true writer. Uh, <laughs> you know, but, and that's why I'm writing the book I'm writing because. Um, the topic was actually left out of books, and then when Hollywood made their version, they wrote them out of the scripts. Okay, I want to come back to that, because um, you've got a project that you're working on right now, and I, I didn't know if we could talk about it or not. But, Absolutely. But I, I want to talk about it, because you've been here, you've been with uh, several of the guys, and it's something that like I, I can't wait to see what you come up with. Yeah. So... Um, I've, well, I've already told everybody what the yeah. working title is: "Black Cowboys of Rodeo," and then the the subhead, the subtitle is "Unsung Heroes from Harlem to Watts in the American West." It originally, originally, like the first original mm-hmm. idea that I had bef- um, was that I would write a biography of Murtis Deitman. Right. But even in talking and getting to know Murtis. He talked about so many of these other incredible, these guys who had incredible stories of their own. So then I thought, wow, if I only get a chance to publish one book about black cowboys, 
and it's only about one black cowboy, will people think that Murtis was the anomaly? Obviously, right. in our world, we've heard of Bill Pickett. Right. You heard of Charles Sampson. You heard of Murtis Deitman, Fred Whitfield. Right? Jackie Robinson, for instance. Jackie Robinson is the one that everybody – he right. broke down the barriers. He's the anomaly. You know, yeah. Murtis Deitman, th- there's a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but then what I started to t- – get stories um hear more story and i was hearing them from murtis then i realized somehow i got to write about i got to write about this in a bigger picture and uh then i went too wide then i was just going to do how could i cover the history of black cowboys since 150 years i was going to pick it up from right at the end of the civil war to now and then it just it it was it it i realized once i was about six months into the research Holy shit! How am I going to put all this in right. one in one book without it being some you know eight hundred thousand twelve hundred word book? You know, it'd be like my version of Waterworld. Mm-hmm. It'd be a lot of shit. Like that was a long movie, but it was shit because it was too long. <laughs> I've never seen it. Had yeah, no interest. There's a reason. But you saw Dances with Wolves. Uh, I don't know if I have or not. Honestly, I know I get this. I get shit all the time because I've I've never seen Die Hard either. Well, and, that's okay. I yeah, mean, that, but that's kind of what I thought too. But that's okay. But I mean, your world and you, uh, man. Wait, Star Wars or no? You a Star Wars guy? Sure. Okay. I don't have to live. I don't live and die by it. But I, I like Star Wars. Ask if I'm a Star Trek guy. No, not at all. Not a, I see. I've never been in, and I say this multiple times on the podcast. I've never seen a single scene from Star Wars or Star Trek. We had or no Harry Potter. Scenes. You can't or, say that. I, you I, saw I, the commercials. What commercials? Those are on TV. The trailer. Uh, okay, outside of a commercial, I've never or the trailer. And ninety? No, never seen a trailer. I've never seen a Star Wars. You were trailer. never in a movie theater watching another movie. No, and they're previewing Star Wars. No, coming up. I, I've then never you don't seen go to movie. I don't. I don't. I like. I'll, I'll be the first to tell you. I don't okay. go to a lot. I love to watch movies. So it doesn't matter. They're that so you time have... consuming. I, I don't. Of course, but it's hard for me to sit down, you know, and do the. I'll go to sleep. Let's be honest. I'm narcoleptic. But I've never seen Star Wars. Never seen Star Trek. Lord of the Rings. Any of that stuff. Because to me, it's all too fake. And I have. I, I've got to watch stuff that's realistic. Like I spend a lot of time watching WWE because it's real. <laughs> and hey, so who's the wrestler that was at the Billy Jim? Who's Hillbilly Jim? What? He's a WWE Hall of Famer. He he is a Hall oh, of Famer. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. Hillbilly Jim, and he's one of the Galarian. I didn't guys know who he ever. was. Yeah, he seemed really nice. He was at the event. It was yep. funny. It was a reminder to me about. Uh, I deleted the post because I didn't want to offend anybody, and I didn't write it offensively. But right. I wrote a post about this morning. It was. Uh, I ended up. I have a picture on my phone of Hillbilly Jim. Yeah. Only I just called him the wrestler. The wrestler. <laughs> And Galarmy Marchi. So I'm talking to Galarmy, and somebody walked up, and they were like, hey, I, I hate to interrupt, but Galarmy, I want you to meet. We thought he was Hollywood something or other. I didn't. Uh, we didn't even yeah. hear anything. Yeah. And so at the end of this, Galarmy doesn't remember the name. I don't remember the name. And they're like, right. oh, we want to introduce you. And and it was clear that Hillbilly Jim didn't know who Galarmy was. Galarmy right. certainly didn't know who this guy was. And they got a small talk while they're shaking hands. And yeah. so Hillbilly Jim didn't mean any offense. He meant right. it funny, right? Right. And um, he looking at shaking Galarmy's hand, and he said, uh, he goes, oh, this guy can't be a bull rider. He's He's too pretty. Look at yeah. this guy. Yeah. 
like that like yeah. it was one of those yeah. and you knew then like wow oh, this guy doesn't know who yeah. like and it was a reminder of being at a PBR event in one of those kinds of cities where quote unquote celebrities and air quote right get carted or escorted around and they're introduced like right. oh, you got to meet and half these half Nobody knows who anyone right. is. Right. And I don't just mean you don't know who he is. Right. Like, they don't even really know the bull rider, one from another to another. Yeah. It was just a weird this, situation. Like, especially, like... Guilherme like, was from Brazil. Even, right. Like, he was born in 82. This guy was a big wrestler in the 80, 70s in the and 80s. 80s. Yeah. Yeah. And so... But I will say this about Hillbilly Jim. Like, he has gotten to know a lot of the younger guys uh-huh. from watching in the last year. Oh, he seemed year. like a really nice guy. He was really, really nice. But I tell you what it is, and it's the same thing that happens every time, is they'll they'll bring somebody like that through. They'll see enough of it, and they'll get so hooked that now every time their eyeballs can get on it, they're watching. They're trying yeah, to watch. okay, okay. But who's ever escorting them doesn't do a good Needs enough job be yeah, I of agree. telling us who's yep. he. Yeah. 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 Because See, the only okay. thing that any of us, either of us remembered, and this didn't register for Galerme either, was... So I th- I had I wasn't fully tuned in. Mm-hmm. I thought I heard Hollywood, but it was Hillbilly. Right. So... Which are... It, Hillbilly Jim, and then... Somebody must have gave a glazed look. It wasn't me because I wasn't right. facing them. And so uh, the escort said he used back in the day he used to wrestle with Andre the Giant. Yep. And so I obviously I know Andre. There the you Giant. go. I know who he is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that didn't even work for Galarmi either, right? You know, different culture, total. I mean, that reminded like the memory that that all brought up when we walked away. Because okay, so now they're done pictures shake hands he'll uh, they walk him away toward the locker room and um Galerme looked at me he goes wrestling i said yeah wrestling wrestler he goes like on tv i said yeah and he goes it's fake i said yeah yeah the <laughs> fake wrestling he goes oh and he kind of giggled and we went like that was that was so what he, so but like wwe as a brand is, is so big that yeah, everybody yeah. knows it. Okay, so I'm a I'm a giant wrestling. No, no, geek. I know. So I got I bring, a Sergeant Slaughter picture signed in my office. I, you know what? I've seen that. I've seen it. it it's popped up in some pictures you yeah, posted. Yeah. Um. So I bring him on. J.W. Hart doesn't know anything about wrestling. He, no. you know, he he couldn't care less. So he knows and, wrestling and well, wrestling. Yeah, but I introduce him. You know, hey. Use the WWE brand. This is WWE Hall of Famer. So now you've put two and two together. You've got that one big brand, and he's a Hall of Famer. So he's he's somebody. Yeah. You know, WWE Hall of Famer, Hillbilly Jim. So immediately, J-Dub went, okay, this is kind of a big deal in that world, you know? And so they got they get to, you know, bounce him back and forth. And I'm pretty sure that if Hillbilly Jim ever gets back in the ring, J-Dub Hart's going to be his manager. I'm pretty sure of it. Yeah, we made that happen this weekend. Awesome. Can you imagine? I don't know that JW Hart is the manager I'd want at ringside. Uh, no. Where yeah. the hell is this podcast gone? I don't know where it's gone, but it <laughs> but it it feels seamless. It feels as though we seamlessly got to here and from and talking now you're about wondering how am I going to turn it around? From talking about you teaching courses at a college 
to all of a sudden we're talking about Jada. And, and now that everyone's listened to whatever we've said, and they're probably going, and they let him teach. <laughs> <laughs> um, when, when you go back, and we got to start wrapping up here in a minute, but when you look back, you know, we talked about all the cool things that you've got to do. And that's, to me, that's what life's about is the experiences and the people that you, you know, you come in contact with. Is there anybody, like if you could go back in time, living past, whatever, if you could go sit in a room and have a conversation with one person or a couple of people, like who would it be? Wow. There's so many who like every day I would give you a different, (laughs) a different answer, you know? Um, you know, one time, uh, <laughs> there is somebody, I mean, he would be on my list. Is he at the top? Some days he's at the top. But I'll, I'll share a story only because I'll share a story of another time I was asked this very question. Yeah. So, I was really young. I was young. And, um, oh, gosh, 20, 22, 23 years old, maybe. Something like that. I interviewed for a job with the Daily News in Los Angeles. So the LA Times and the Daily News are two big papers. And then there's the Orange County Register in Orange County. So the Daily News covered the San Fernando Valley. It's it's a big paper. Huge. And I was having a conversation with them, interviewing for to be like an intern. And... um, and uh, thank God, all these years later, they can't remember me. You know, they just they can't. And um, and uh, I was asked that question: Who would you want to have that conversation? Who would you want to interview? And I said Gandhi. And I had just watched the movie with Ben Kingsley. It's like four hours long, four and a half hours. It's a long movie. And so I just watched it. I was blown away by it. Uh, it's great acting. And I said. Uh, I said, Gandhi. And I wasn't expecting one of them to ask me a follow-up question to, okay, why? When I wanted my answer to be different from what they thought I would say or what they thought the standard answer for that would be. And I said, well, um, Gandhi had more than one woman. Like he, he had, he had lots of women. And I said, I would, I'm kind of curious about, here's this man who stood for nonviolence and da, da. I can't remember. I was going on and on right. and on. And I said, but you know, he, he had like a harem of women. Mm-hmm. I said, I, I, I'm, I would be curious about, about, about that. And they were so turned off. Like they were just so like, what a, this guy comes out and blows out. Gandhi as the guy you want to spend dinner conversation yeah. with, and and then you give, I mean you you give a you give a I mean what do you expect a twenty year old right. kid with long hair hanging out on the Sunset Strip with heavy metal bands is going to say? <laughs> well, I was like, man, this, this guy. A lot of people don't real this a part of his story that hasn't really been told is all the women that were around him. Yeah, I'm really which is curious. cool because there's so that, that, much you more know to the, people's stories. Uh, that's more ex- that viewpoint to to say we're going to go somewhere else is more accepted today than it yeah. would have been then, and in the nineties, right? It was a dumb answer. I felt dumb when I said, like I knew I was dumb. Like the minute I it's said, too late, he man. Can't reel back women, in. 
like it was the women was coming out of my my mouth and i knew i'm not getting this internship yeah it's over <laughs> it's over and then i saw the look on their face and i saw like the one guy it looked like he wanted to slap me you know and it basically like we were in a restaurant it wasn't even at the office right. we were we were in a restaurant and the one who was sitting on the out toward the outside of the table he went like whoo and a waiter came over and um, asked for the check, and they left. Really? Oh yeah, that's enough. Yeah, no, no it was bad. It was bad. Answer. It's crazy though because it, it has changed, and now people are like, "Oh, that's interesting." I'm that way because it's like I, 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 I never would have thought about that. That I repeated this out I, loud. I never would have thought about that, but it's interesting. Do you think this podcast is so long you're going to have to cut it off? Thirty minutes ago, right before this happened, right before right. <laughs> it's here. It's. This, this, I mean, there I might mean, only be three or four people listen to it, but but, um, but now my parents know that that, that was your response because oh, dude, and it was dumb. It was listen. that was a naive. I was naive. I was ignorant. I was dumb. I was dumb. I wasn't as well read. I wasn't as well. But we're supposed to be trapped. No, no, age. I know. It, you know but, what I mean? Yeah, and I guess there was hope for me because I realized as fast, like as fast as I said it. But I was at the point of no return. Right. That, oh, this is dumb. This is really bad. It's crazy because, like, I really wanted to sit down and do this podcast and talk about, like, you. And we didn't do that. So we're going to have to do this again sometime. How did we not talk about me? Well, I want to know about, like, your upbringing, how you got, like, I want to know Why the whole I don't have a story. Dad. Well, <laughs> that's, that's not really I where I was going. I have, a, I have a guy who raised me. Right. And then I have a... Um, Biological right. deadbeat sperm donor. Right. Which is the case for a lot of people. In the yeah, world. yeah, yeah. But no, but I mean, like, I just feel like we just barely scratched the surface of like you being engulfed in rock and roll and bull riding but and now universities me. and I stuff. Mean, and I talk, love that. We it, That is me. And, 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 and I'll just wrap by all the different people we've referenced or whatever. My, uh, um, I'll, I'll end with this will be a good wrap up. All of this, everything, because of my whole dad situation, which we'll talk about next time. Yeah, yeah. My, my mom and I are really close. We've had a lot, a lot of conversations. And, um, and I never realized for the longest time my mom had uh, some guilt. I have, and I never picked up on it. And so one time I, we were talking about it, and I said, why would you feel guilty? And she said... I made a bad decision, and because of it, you don't have a dad in your life. And I said, yeah, but if you didn't make that bad decision, it wouldn't be me. That's right. You know, you needed – if it was somebody else, it would have it, – it, it wouldn't be me. It would be – I wouldn't be here. So I benefited from your bad – your so-called of, bad decision. Because of a bad decision, you had an amazing mother. No, 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 yeah, yeah, Ab- no, no, absolutely, and and but she said, okay, um, I, but I, I need you to promise me this, I gave you life, don't waste it. It's awesome. That's all I want. I'm never going to tell you what to do, where to go. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to pressure you to live close to home or call me every day. I'm not going to. I'm not going to dictate anything you do in life. I will support whatever you want to do. I, however, I, however, whatever mistake I made to do it, I, I birthed you. I gave you yeah. life. Don't waste the opportunity. Don't get to the end and say, I wish. That's awesome. 
We're going to have to do this again. Yeah, we're at the end, and we're, I haven't said end. I wish. Well, But I do wish we'll, uh, the best for you and that we'll talk again. We'll Not, talk a lot. Yeah, We'll talk a lot. We'll definitely do this again, man. I appreciate it. Uh, miss having you around because like, we always had some really good conversations, and, and, and that's the thing. Like you learn a lot from people just by talking. Yeah, yeah. So it's important. But, I mean, you, yeah, obviously, and that's why I listen to your podcasts and other podcasts, especially yours, because it's an insight to um, pe- the people, people that are that are in the PBR. That's what it's about. Characters. There's or, there's a lot. Man. Yeah. Well, I appreciate this. It's uh, it's been fun. That's awesome. Don't waste life. Don't waste anything. Uh, I have a big thing that uh, you know you respect everybody. And you don't earn respect until you give respect. So, um, I, I man, I, I respect everything you've done. I'm glad we're friends. And uh, Likewise. If you're listening to this podcast and you made it this far, put your damn shopping cart up. See you next time.